Hello, Damien and Trina of the Last Mark Standing Podcast. This is your good friend, Charlie, a.k.a. Chuck Colorado from Two Heels and a Face, giving you a indie recap for your indie pop show for the New Age Insiders. Myself and Matt Reed, who Trina, you have met, and Damien, I believe you know about, he is a co-host of Two Heels and a Face with me. And he and I, him and I, went to a freelance wrestling show on the west side of the West Loop. So if that makes sense, the West Loop is a neighborhood west of the Loop, and it was on the far west side of that. And the show was at a bar called The Bottom Lounge on Lake Street. So my expectations coming in were that this show was going to have, I guess, less overall entertainment value than an AEW. Uh, because the card of AEW is usually stacked with top-notch indie talent. And this card, although Prince Ali was on the card and was holding their their heavyweight title, uh, it had people like Hornswoggle on the card and just a bunch of other indie wrestlers who are pretty local to Chicago and the Midwest who I've never really heard of. So you'd have to be really following... um, and indie wrestling in the Midwest and really deep into the game to know some of these people. You'd probably have to go to multiple freelance shows to know them. And I think a couple may have been an ROH, uh, which I don't watch too much of. So the bar we went into, uh, it's a very, uh, you know, freelance wrestling's moniker or slogan, I guess you could say, is I think punk rock partying and wrestling or something along those lines. So it's a little more hipsterish, a little more punkish than say an AEW. And I'm going to compare that. I'm going to compare freelance to AEW this whole time. Doesn't mean that you have to, or it doesn't mean that it's fair, but it's just to give you some perspective on what the show was like compared to an AEW show. Cause I know Trina that you've been to one. So we go into this bar, it's paint. The walls are painted black. You know, the forest painted back, painted black. There's pinball machines. Um, and then there's this back room that has a good amount of space in it and the ring seems a little dingy and some of the turnbuckles are kind of falling off but it was fine there was a stage there was the freelance wrestling logo which is a skull a coat check um so the kind of in the back room is where the action took place there was limited seating every ticket was ga and there was limited seating so matt and i stood the whole show which is fine uh i'd say our legs were getting tired by the end but it was kind of a good change of pace to stand up the entire show and as far as the show goes, they they started off with two commentator, commentators kind of introducing the card, which uh, AEW usually does. Uh, one of the commentators actually thanked the crowd for letting him live his dream of writing storylines for Freelance. I guess this was his last day. And this is it's kind of a theme of the entire show because of all the, the call-ups that have been happening recently with WWE losing superstars and then trying to refill their main roster and then having to restock NXT and CWC stuff that's going on. So WWE is snatching and grabbing everyone that they can right now, as you know. So it's a kind of a common theme of this whole show that people are leaving and we're thanking them. So after the commentators did their thing announcing the card, there was a six-man scramble to start. So the highlight of the six-man scramble was a gentleman who I don't whose name I don't know. He was dressed up in a he came out in an orange spacesuit and took off his helmet and he had a monkey mask on. So he's, his character name or his ring name was Space Monkey. 
and he had a tail as well. So he took off the spacesuit and had some tight white, almost uh, leather, something that maybe like Seth Rollins would wear underneath. And that's what he wrestled in, wrestled in. And other people that were in this match, a lot of people I didn't know. The guy who ended up winning the match was named Sensational Stevie Fierce. Kind of looked like a Cody Rhodes, but skinnier and a, a lot younger. Um, but Space Monkey stole the show. There was a guy named Matt the Money Cage, who I believe was booked for AW at least once that I saw. And everyone was chanting for Space Monkey. There was Space Monkey. It, 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 it's funny. But it, I guess the people are behind him just because he was in character of being an entire monkey that was set up in space the entire time. So that was by far the most popular guy in the six-man scramble was the space monkey. Um, he played the gimmick the entire time. He had a banana. People slipped on the banana peel. Um, so, you know, the six-man scrambles have a lot of comedy in it, in it, and I think space monkey carried the comedy portion of this. He never spoke in actual, you know, human words. He would... He would, uh, you know, scratch himself like a chimpanzee. There was little pieces of poop. It wasn't actual poop, but it maybe I don't know. Maybe it was like a rubber ball, a brown rubber ball, or something that he was throwing at people. Um, so that was insane. Um, after the match, all ego Ethan Page came out, who I've I've seen at AEW before. He was he actually did the best job on the mic by far. Really good heel work on the mic. His entrance theme I think is very good. Um, it it's a, it's a song that continues the lyric of it's, it's not confidence. It's all ego, which suits him. He came out with a lawyer. So this was a African-American man in a full Navy suit. And the lawyer was saying that the monkey, um, space monkey is still out here, by the way, after the match. So in the ring now is the lawyer, all ego, Ethan page and space monkey. <laughs> space. So the lawyer was saying that Space Monkey was an endanger to the people in the crowd and that it was illegal for him to be out and about roaming wild and free. So the lawyer was saying that Space Monkey can't wrestle for freelance anymore. So the crowd was pissed because everyone loves Space Monkey. But the lawyer said that if someone were to adopt Space Monkey, then he could wrestle for freelance. So all ego Ethan Page pulls paper adoption papers out of his trunk and he signs them so now all ego ethan page owns the space monkey basically and he wraps a leash around the space monkey so even though all ego ethan page did a good thing by keeping space monkey in freelance wrestling it was he would then treated space monkey basically like a dog and was very rude to him so he caught a lot of heat from that um and out out to save space monkey was heidi loveless who is a mainstay in Shimmer, AEW. She comes out, though, I, I believe she wrestles under a different gimmick here, which is Sally Stitches, because Heidi Loveless is, I guess that name is kind of owned by Ring of Honor. I didn't really know that, but she came out to save the Space Monkey. Ego shoved her down. Uh, Heidi Lovelace took off her mask and essentially kind of became Heidi Lovelace, even though she was Sally Stitches. She came out with a mask on. Um, so it was a little confusing just because I guess she wrestles under a different name for freelance. I didn't know that. So e All Ego is beating Heidi Lovelace's ass now, uh, catching a lot of heat, doing a lot of good heel work, saying a lot of mean things. He oh, now owns a monkey and keeps that on a leash, so people hate him for that. He's beating up 
Heidi Lovelace. People hate him for that because people Heidi was completely over, extremely over. So coming in to save Heidi Lovelace was a guy named Eric Cannon. So I, I, I was told that Eric Cannon and Heidi are dating. I didn't know that either. So Eric comes out to save Heidi, and it turns into a triple threat. So this is a really good match. Heidi Lovelace, can, can she can work. She can go, and I think she shined in this match. And then all ego Ethan Page uh, gets the win via roll-up, um, I believe, on Heidi. And... He wins the match, rightfully so. I thought he should have because he did fantastic heel work. Um, but after that, um, there was a send-off for Heidi. Um, Eric Cannon and her kissed in the ring. And then Heidi got on the ropes. It was very emotional. Uh, it was almost to tears, basically to tears, because I think WWE has signed her as well because they're doing a tournament for uh, women wrestlers. So I don't have much detail or info on that, but... It's safe to say that this was Heidi's last freelance show and maybe one of the last of her um, indie career. So after that was a triple threat tag team match. Um, the tag team champions are two African-American guys named the N-Words. And <laughs> their, their ring attire is the NWO logo, but the O continues on to form. Uh, so the W and the O continue on to form the word words, so it says N-words on it. It was the best ring attire by far. There was people with N-word t-shirts on. They ended up winning the match. It was a really great match. Um, after that was a guy who was also very over. His name was Suge D. So another African-American guy with an afro and came out to Brutal Mars music. A uh, little bit, had, had a little bit Rich Swan charisma, which was great. Um, and he was wrestling some guy who's, I can't even remember his name, uh, some tall, lanky, white guy. Uh, and it was a Loser Leaves Town match, which I, which I thought was a really, really awesome stipulation because my girlfriend's dad talks to me about wrestling and he talks to me about the territory days. And in the territory days, because heels would rotate territories to try to get faces over, uh, there would always, the, the, the program or the rivalry or the feud would always end in a loser leaves town match and then the, the heel would lose and he would go on to the next territory. So I thought that was really cool. This Shook D took a styles clash on the outside floor in front of the whole crowd, which was probably the spot of the night, if not one of them. He ended up making it back in the ring for a 10 count. Um, and I thought the ending was really good because even if Shug D was disqualified, he would have to leave town. A loss is a loss. So Shug D really wanted to hit this, this I'm just going to call him this white guy because I can't remember his name, really wanted to hit this white guy with a chair. So the crowd, he really wanted to do it, and the crowd was saying no, 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 because no one wanted Shug D to leave. And the white guy was spitting on him. He was basically on his, on his knees with his hands behind his back because he wanted Shug D to hit him with the chair. So Shug D refused. He hit the turnbuck, turnbuckle with the chair a bunch of times and then turned around and gave this white guy, uh, oh, I think he gave him a Shining Wizard was his finisher, really stiff Shining Wizard, and Shug D won. Um, so it was an, another another good babyface victory. Um, the Hornswoggle match was next, and he wrestled a guy named Kiku Taro, which is a short, stumpy Asian guy who does a lot of comedy wrestling, I guess, and I guess he's wrestled for ROH. Um, really funny match. Uh, Hornswoggle ended it with a tadpole splash from the top rope and got the victory. Said some nice things that he's always wanted to wrestle Kikutaro, and 
this was basically a match checked off of his bucket list. And Kikutaro spoke at the end. He, and he wears a really weird mask, too. I would Google some pictures of him. Um, but he said that he moved to the USA to wrestle in the USA full-time. Uh, so that's what Kikutaro's doing. And it was, you know, it was a really good comedy match to lead into a very emotional main event. So the main event was uh, Prince Ali versus two other guys. One of the guys' names was GPA, and one of the guys' names, uh, that stood for something. Those are initials. And the other guy's name was Isaiah Velasquez, I believe. So the streamers thing happened. Um, really good. It was a lot of streamers, actually. Um, th- you know, thank you, Ali Chance. Uh, the match was fierce. It started off with a lot of really good, um, a lot of really good spots that involved really all three men. Um, there was I'm not sure if you ever seen Demolitions finisher, but they kind of do the backbreaker to elbow uh, finisher, where the guy who's dropping the elbow comes from the top rope. Um, they did that, but they one of the guys backbreaker the other, and then Prince Ali did a really really high leg drop from the top. Uh, to 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 hit to hit the guy who just was taking the backbreaker. So awesome spots like that that involved all three men. There was a 450 splash where two men were laying on top of each other that Ali hit. Um, I have some Snapchats downloaded which I I'll, I'll send to you. Uh, but they all super kicked each other in the face at one point, which is really cool. So this match was really re- really entertaining. Um, and all you know, dive it into the crowd. So this was your high energy match. Um, there was a very low ceiling in this place. So every 450 splash that was done by Ali, which I think there was at least three attempted in this match, um, he was basically <laughs> skimming skimming the roof uh, with his feet. So it was really crazy. Um, the finish was Ali went for I think his third 450, and one of the guys, Isaiah Velasquez, moved. So Ali landed on his feet, and then the other guy, GPA, rolled him up into a small package for the one. It was a quick one through three. Um, Ali was bleeding out of his mouth, and he looked really shocked after it, but most people knew he was dropping the belt. Um, They even announced it as his last title defense. So even if Ali were to win that match, I think he would just have to give up the belt as well. So everyone knew this was his last match, basically. In freelance, and I actually found out I believe this is his last indie match ever, unless he go unless you know WWE doesn't work out and he goes back to the indie. So it's really cool that I get to say I saw that, and um, I was there for Prince Ali's last indie match. Uh, so after the match, right, the the new champ GPA spoke. He gave everyone came out on the stage, the entire roster. He gave a lot of credit to Ali, gave him the microphone because this is you know Ali's time to speak. So I want to kind of compare this to, I was, I was at the AEW show for Ciampa's latch AEW match and it, his, his message and Ali's message were very, very similar in a sense. So Ciampa said that AEW, uh, let, let me even back up even further. Both Ali and Ciampa mentioned that they had very, very serious conversations with their wives about this, about trying I guess a one last year, one last hurrah of wrestling and then quitting after if things didn't work out, right? So you're on the indies for years and you're not getting, you maybe you're getting noticed, but you're not making as much money you need to. None of these big promotions are signing you. WWE hasn't come calling. So that's what Ciampa spoke about in his. And Ali said that he gave himself one more year of wrestling, which is 2016, basically. 
him and his wife talked it out and said, if I can't make it in 2016, I won't make it. So at the beginning, January 2016, freelance wrestling called Ali up and Ali said, sure, sign me up for one year, but I'm only doing one year and nothing after that. Um, and Ali said that freelance wrestling saved him was, was, I think he, what he opened up with freelance wrestling saved him. So he was doing freelance wrestling and I guess he was doing really well. That's what got him noticed. At least this promote, I mean, I'm sure other things did, but this promotion did. And he said that, um, he got noticed to do, you know, CW or CWC. And, uh, he kept referring to the phrase where you just, he would tell his wife, you know, this is my last year, but I'm just going to do, I'm going to do one more match. Like I'm going to do one more thing for WWE. I'm going to do the CWC. And then they wanted him to do the Dusty Rhodes classic. So he, he went back to his wife and said, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do one more thing. You know, I'm going to do this last thing. And then he got offered a full-time contract and he made it. So his thing in a way was similar to Ciampa's because AEW saved Ciampa and it was basically one last year on the Indies that he agreed to with his wife that they both agreed to with their separate wives and their indie work for a specific promotion got them at least noticed and then they took care of the rest you know they got to do uh cwc and nxt stuff and then the full-time contract came so it was really cool to kind of see that um so you know freelance wrestling what i guess ali would consider his home if he had to his home promotion i would think um he's from chicago so that helps but I think he's, you know, the freelance wrestling really gave him the shot to shine. Um, and, and then he got noticed and then his career has taken off. So if, you know, if maybe if he never signed that one year contract with freelance, he might not be where he is now with the WWE full-time contract. So it was really cool to see. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I really enjoyed the show. I would say that I, the shows that I've been to for AEW, I prefer more. I enjoy those shows better. I think the AEW has a lot more talent on their entire roster and their entire cards that they put out. I would definitely go back to see another freelance show. I think there are a lot of talented guys there who just don't have the reputation as some other people do. But there's probably guys on that roster that we might see in a couple years. Maybe do a CWC or something of that nature. So uh, I would say that it's definitely possible. Um, The Hornswoggle match was really funny. And I thought I actually like all ego Ethan Page a lot more now. Um, so I, I, it would be cool to see this Mace Monkey storyline continue. And then, you know, after a couple shows, Space Monkey is just treated like crap. And then he ends up turning on all ego Ethan Page, breaking free. Maybe they have a match, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not sure if I'll go to any more freelance shows. Uh, it just depends on my schedule and my budget. But I would say that it's worth checking out if you're in the area. And I would say that there is a lot of good talent on that car that Ali was putting over. And, you know, that's his home. So I hope this gives you enough content, enough perspective. I hope you kind of feel like you were there. Um, if you have any specific questions, please let me know. Uh, you know, happy to do this, guys, for you. Do this for you guys. Um, upcoming and uh, yeah, really just happy to talk wrestling uh, in the upcoming future with both of you. So I will catch you guys later.